Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Save the world. And so somehow, I don't have to agree with them. I have to be very careful that I don't even imply that I agree with that view. But I also have to work just as hard to make sure that I'm able to engage that. So when we're helping our kids, we need to really give them a wake-up call of what they're going to face when they get out there. And some of the easiest ways to do that is just open up the newspaper. When you watch a television show, tell them what's already out there. And the only difference between that out there today and that out there tomorrow is that you won't be there to help them when they're out there with all that. So you're going to warn them of that. Now, where did I get that? You know, I look over here at the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20. Would you look at it as I read this to you? This is, to me, this is, this is life-changing. This, this is a verse written to me because it's written to, to elders, to pastors, to shepherds. And he says, I've been with you guys all this time and now I'm telling you what to do. While I was with you, I showed you what to do. That means warn these people of these jokers coming in. And he says, I want you also at the same time to keep on doing this. And so I'm hearing this for me, but it's as if those elders had children and those children were those church members. And so in a sense, like you are parents and grandparents, your flock, your home flock would be your kids. And here's what Paul said. I know that after my departure, and in this case, after your departure from our household, savage wolves will come in among you and not sparing the flock. And from even among your own friends or associates, people are going to arise They're going to speed all sorts of perverse things, whether it's theological, moral, it's all underneath Satan's worldview, to draw draw them away and draw you away, to be disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert. Wake up. Remember that night and day, I model this in front of you. I did this for a long time. So I'm just saying, share this with your kids. Help them to be strong. Teach them how to put on the whole armor of God. And there's a passage of what that armor looks like. And you could look at that, study it, memorize it. But... Help them to really be prepared. And an arrow shot at them. You be there to bandage them up again and love on them. Let them know that the only safe place is you and your family. Number three, inspire. This is a a new way to look at it, so I'm warning you. (laughs) Inspire them to look at the next few years as missionally, as missionally. So in other words, when they're leaving your house, it's not like, okay, the rite of passage is um, you can go out now and get your own apartment and I'll be there. I'm, I'm out here if you need me. It's when they go to school that they're going to school and you're not begging them, oh, please don't abandon the faith. Oh, if you're going to abandon the faith, come see me, come talk to me. Yeah, that's okay. But really, I want my kids to go out and they're ready to stand strong, last long. So something is given to them, they're willing to be able to lovingly, correctly, accurately, biblically, academically, intellectually shut that down. Because truth is more powerful than lies. Love is more powerful than hate. Do I hear a word on that? That's true. So I want the kids to go out missionally. Who has taught us how to do that? None other than the cult, the Mormons. They send those kids out for two years. What does that do when they go out to do that? It'll probably weed some out. But the other side of it is it makes them stronger. in lies, untruth. So I would say send them out, but also send them out missionally. 
Let me show you something that's kind of weird. I read this this week as I was preparing this message about David the shepherd boy. We all know that he ran after Goliath. Remember that? You know the whole story. You've taught it to your kids. They all know it. But when I went back to the scripture, it said he ran to the army to meet Goliath. Don't ever forget that. He was so strong in his faith that he didn't wait so much for Goliath to come to him. He didn't just kind of nonchalantly sashay up to Goliath. He ran, and not just to Goliath, he took on all of Goliath's buddies, his entire army. And his army wasn't just friends of Goliath. They were completely war machines, human masculine war machines coming after Israel. But ultimately behind all of that, you had the conflict of the ages of satanic and Christ and God-like coming against, and it just showed itself here in human form. So with that was going on, David just went after him. Now, in this case, he, you know, Knocked him down, cut his head off. I don't want my kids to go and, you know, knock down the teachers, cut their heads off, you know, hold up the, you know, that's gross. But I don't want them to do that. But I do want them to see the bigger picture isn't about Goliath. He's really small potatoes. The bigger picture is what was behind Goliath. And I really want our kids to stand strong. Now, you might say, man, Stan, are we ever going to get there as a church? Yep, two words. I was going to give you the initial of both words, but I don't want to. Baby steps. It's going to take baby steps. But we want to walk forward for God. It's going to take us some time to get there. The good news is we have so much going for us that we can do this. Now notice this next thought here in this, which is important. And that is when, when those kids are wanting to go and stand strong and last long for the Lord, it might be that you would take them through the book of Daniel. I would, I would encourage all of you to take the study of Daniel when it's taught here, even if it's an adult class, and have your young people sit in that class to be able to understand about Daniel and the stand that he took to be missional. Uh, number four, there, there's only five, so you've got some material there that might really help you, I think. Uh, follow along with that. Um, DareToShare.org is a good website to go to that will give you a lot of uh, support in that. Number four. Suggest that they plug into a strong Christian community. Three words, strong Christian community. The operative word is not community. The operative word isn't Christian. The operative word is strong. They'll find plenty of Christian communities out there, and some of them could be, maybe they're not even Christian. The point is, I would like to have them be around a strong Christian community, a coal without a fire, and soul a Christian without a faith community. The passage that I've given to you is one, again, that you've memorized, but I wanted you to see just a little bit of it. I, I hate to take little sections out of a verse because it's impacted in the entire chapter, the entire content, uh, the whole chapter or the whole book of the Bible, but just look at this one. Phrase, Not forsaking our own assembling together. That idea of community life is so rich and so important. I would encourage you to pick up a book that would really help you understand how important community life really is. By Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I don't agree with some of the stuff that he wrote, some of the stuff he did or didn't do. I don't even know some of that stuff is true. But I'm going to spit the bones out, but not throw the fish away. And I would encourage it. It's not an easy read. It's not a quick read. But it will drive deeply within you how God structured the high value of community. So when the kids go off, they got to engage another community. And that's what we're saying. Great, the community could be church. It could be a 
on-campus Bible group, but as long as it's quality and biblical. Now, if you will, look at these two verses I put here because your kids are now saying, okay, I don't know where to find one. How do I get some friends? How do I get those that are dedicated, walking with God? Go back to Psalm. Psalm will say, David says this in Psalm 119, verse 63, in case you're listening on the radio. says, I, Paul prays. He prays. Teach your kids to, to pray this prayer. Have them pray now to get ready for this. I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. So what you want to tell your young person is while we're out after the unsaved, that he wants to be strong and sustainable and a blessing to those that he is around. So he is saying, Lord, I want to be a companion of those that are like-minded. So help me not be the one that will pollute and drag down those who are walking with you. Help us now to work together so we can move ahead stronger. All right. So we're working to get. So pray that your son, your daughter would connect to such a person as your son or daughter wants to be. Or is becoming now. But that's not the only prayer. Go a little bit further in Psalm 119. He then prays this. May those who fear you, Lord, turn to me. So if they're saying, I don't have any friends. I, I don't know who to go see. Well, we can give them some practical. Go to this, go to that church. Look, do all of that. But don't underestimate the power of prayer and have them bow before the Lord in their heart. Lord God, I know that the, there's a value in having another friend who has kept the faith. So Lord, wherever that person is, bring that person to me. It goes on to say, turn to me, even those who know your testimonies, which is important, fearing the Lord, but also fearing the Lord based upon an accurate biblical understanding of Scripture, a high value of Scripture. So it's not, I love the Lord, and they can go to every praise service in town, but they have a, a mile wide and an inch, an inch deep. They want to be in the Word. So this is all part of suggesting that they get plugged into one and asking them if they allow you to help them find one. Maybe look at it together and talk about what's out there, but sooner or later they need to have that. Look up here for just a second. One of the things that I think all of us as Christians need in our life is we need an alone time with God. We need to have a one-on-one with a person of the same sex, biblical, discipling. Number three, we need the value of a small group, a place to be loved and a place to love, a place to be known and a place to know others. But we also need corporate worship so we know that it's not just a little tiny group, that we are a big, massive army of Christians, soldiers of the cross out there, and the worship experience together intergenerationally is critical. All right, that was for free. That's not even in my notes. Number five, last is this. I hesitated giving you this one because there may be some bias by some of those that want to make it bias. It's really not. So let me just say it. Encourage them to consider attending a Bible college for one year first. I shared this thought recently in Titusville. And when I did, I just kind of threw it out there, commented a little bit about it. Um, a middle class, uh, middle-aged lady, i got to be careful, came up. And she said, you know, when you said that, go to Bible college for one year. My, my parents said, I'll, I'll help you get to all these other schools, but... If you go to one Bible college, I'll pay for it. If you do, I'll pay if you just do one year. She said, I went kicking and screaming, but I did honor my mom and dad because I love them and they love me. So I went. She said, when I went to that one year, it so stabilized me so that when I went out in life, I've never questioned my faith. I have lived the principles of God's word the best that I can. I've surrounded myself with quality people in a good church. I am now living full on for God, and I don't know that I would have gotten all of that alone just in my youth group. And that's not to put down youth groups. It is to say that sometimes we need to have, here it is, mainlined for one year, Bible doctrine, Old and New Testament survey, Galatians, Romans, 
evangelism, discipleship, spiritual life, Bible study methods. Get it in them to really help them out. Yeah, Florida Bible College is a good place. It's close, close to home, all of that. But it doesn't have to be FBC. The principle is bigger than the college so that they can really get that training. Now, the beauty of now, then, what that dear lady had is your students could do it while they're still in high school. They, they, they can do it in some, They can do it online, you know. There's a lot of different ways they can do it, but who would disagree? It'll be helpful that these young people get a little bit more before they really get thrust out into the wild, wicked world system out there. Well, we've come to the end of a very long and detailed message, but I'm just leaning upon the Lord to help us to kind of quit judging all about this and just simply say the bigger truth is that the Old Testament, mostly fathers, were the primary people to train their kids in knowing that the Lord is one God. All together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all. And that we've got to pass that down to the next generation. Who could deny that? And we have so much more now with progressive revelation, the closing of the canon, all the resources that are out there. Training with accordance here for those of you that want to have a very healthy software package. Get it in stages. People are all around this church that will help guide you through that system to know what to do, what to take, how to use it, all of that. And the purpose isn't to be proficient in software. The purpose is to be proficient in God's word, be proficient in the fact that it is truth, and to have the tools to be able to stand strong and last long. for Would you stand with me? I'd like you to just take a few moments in your own heart to just think about what was said. And rightly assume that you prayed that God would teach you something today. I prayed that God would really prompt me with what to share. And that what was shared in some measure, or totally, is for you to do something with it. First, to repent. Perhaps just change your mind, change your thinking. And then the other is, how I can implement it. Your kids are gone. You might not have as much influence. I get that. I understand that. It's, it's, that's a normal truth. But maybe what you lose in your kids, you'll gain in your grandkids. Maybe what you've learned along the way that you didn't have the opportunity to do it that way with the kids. There are a lot of ragamuffin kids that are all over this world. They're just, they're just all over the apartments that are within literally a stone's throw from here. But somehow we've got to get into them. Now to do that, we can't help them not leave the faith. We've got to have them to get the faith. And so my question to you is, do you got the faith? In other words, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the faith, to place your faith alone in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? So wherever you are right now, you want to be a part of God's forever. Family. It's not by works, not by doing all that you've heard to do here today, but it is by you having that connection with the Lord who died on the cross and rose again. He did all the work. He's offering to you the full forgiveness of your sin. You get a do-over, so to speak. But you've got to trust him. Jesus said, he that believes on me has everlasting life. And there's so many different ways to say that whole concept, but it still boils down to 
Faith alone in Christ alone. Would you do that right now? Maybe your transaction is say, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sins. I'm trusting you right now. I'm doing that. So just do that in your heart right now. Trust him. There's a whole lot beyond that, not to get saved, not to stay saved, but it's like I often say, if you trust Christ, you've got a ticket to get into Disney World. So you walk through the door, but there's so much more going on. And you get all of that, and you got the ticket into Disney World. You got the ticket into an intimate relationship with Christ to move forward with that. And I pray that you do. Now, for the rest of us in here that have already done that key must-do thing, trusting Christ as Savior, now it's our time to respond to this message. I felt prompted today, and I don't know that I'll do this often at all, but today is an important day, a a defining day in our life, an opportunity for us to make a major decision. And with a crowd this size, I'm sure there are some that would like to have some alone time with the Lord. We're not going to do this very long, but I'm going to do it right now, and we're going to do it, and we'll be finished. But listen, up here are a number of steps. And I'm going to ask that if the, the Lord spoke to you today, and you're feeling comfortable to do this, I'd like to have the, the moms and the dads, I'd like to have you come forward. And I'd like you to kneel here and have a moment of prayer separately, together. If you're a young person and you're saying, I want to be one of those kids that will always stand strong and last long. And I've heard some things I've got to talk to my parents about, but I do want to be that way. I'd like you to come and join with me up here in the front. Walking the aisle is not going to make you any stronger or last any longer, but there is something special. You grandparents, I'd like you to come. Some of you that need to maybe try to reconnect with your kids again on a spiritual level, maybe have another conversation. It's not that you haven't had them before, but maybe a a different approach. You'd like to come. I'd like you to come. Those of you who are teachers here today or educators in any system what's out there, public, private, hybrid, homeschooled, preschool, elementary, middle, high school, college, university, postgraduate, I'd like for you to come and join with me up here at the front. Those of you who are students in school that are even older than that, I'd like you to come as well. And together, I'd like for all of us to have this time of prayer. So would you come right now? We're not going to linger. There's no song we're going to sing. Just hold your mate's hand or come by yourself and join us up here at the front. Would you do that? Do not feel uncomfortable if you don't come. You can still do all of that where you're out there, but some of you that want to come, I want to give you the freedom to do that, and we're in a church that allows you to do that, and nobody's judging you. We're not judging you coming forward. We're not judging you if you don't. But we are giving you an opportunity to come. This is not a call to get saved or anything like that. It doesn't make you any more dedicated, but there is something special in a sign of humility before the Lord, at least at this moment, to do this those of you that are out there still just talk to the Lord in your own heart it's okay just have that moment I'm going to be real quiet and then I'm going to have a word of prayer and then we'll go back to our seats and still remain standing take your moment now and have an alone time with the Lord
Our Heavenly Father, we lift up these dear ones who are standing or sitting or kneeling. And together as a family, we, um, we confess times in our life when we, uh, we miss the mark in our connection to our kids and other kids. And it's brought home to us today by your Spirit. And so, Lord, thank you for reminding us, even of this failure, that you do it with a grace and mercy and that we have an opportunity now just to confess that and have a restart. I thank you for those that are saying, I, I want to be used of that in the youth department here, in Awana, helping those little kids that come to ESL that can't even speak English. Somehow we got to get the faith to them. Those kids that need so much help. I thank you for these. I pray that, Lord, you'll guide us now in what do we need to strengthen ourselves? What do we need to do to strengthen ourselves to to keep this um, commitment going here for the next generation. Guide us as we move forward. There's so much on our plate at this church as we're, we're moving ahead, building the next floor on top of a wonderful foundation that people have laid here. Now show us what to do next, Lord. Guide us with that. And then, Father, I pray for our young people that wherever they might go, whatever profession into which you might call them, that they will stand strong and last long for the Word of God, for Jesus Christ but they would also run into and toward that world system with the truth and grace. Father, we love you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen. You may go back to your seat. And while they're returning, I'd like you to remain standing. We're just about done now. I'd like to just kind of set you up for what's going to happen in the next two weeks, Lord willing, of course, so that if you know someone that might be blessed by the Word of God in a particular way, I'll share what it is, and I'll share why I'm going to teach you. Next week, I'm going to kind of move away from being a little bit more uh, topical. Now, some people define expositional preaching as you go chapter 1, verse 1, you go all through that book of the Bible, and that is expositional preaching. But that is not the only way to do expositional preaching. Exposition is taking the Word of God and now stopping and staying long enough to really understand even that one verse within its context and history and authors and writers and receivers and all of that. That's important. But we are going to return back to a more verse-by-verse. And, you know, it seems like every time I've been preaching here, I've been just doing verse-by-verse in Psalms, and the Lord's doing something. And I'm going to take you through a major part of Psalm 139 over the next two weeks, but I'm going to do it in a different fashion. I want to do it as you would look at yourself, but I want you to look at yourself through the eyes of God. And to do that, we have to understand certain truths about God so that when we know God, then we'll know how He looks at us and we're going to look at us through His eyes to our life. Now, the result of that, Lord willing, should be that we will have an even higher view of God and that no matter what we go through in this life, we could run it through at least the grid of these six truths about God and that when we own this in our own life, whatever you're going through, it'll give you strength, tenacity, joy, peace, courage, and the ability to touch other people's lives because of the truth about God we're going to learn and how that relates to us no matter what we're going through. Now that's for you as an individual, your family and friends who come. On a greater level that fits who we are at this time in the history of this church, I want to give you these truths because as we move forward and changes are going to be made, not purposely changes, I don't even know what they all are, it's just life is made up of change. If you agree with that, say, "Uh uh-huh. 
And I don't like change. I really don't. You know, I, 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 I don't like it. I hate when I go to a motel somewhere and I forget where the bathroom is. You know what I'm saying? I just got to know stuff. But at times you have to have change. And so when that occurs, I want you to know that uh, you have a great God. And these six truths will help us to be able to recalibrate ourselves and calm us down as we begin to sort out and follow how God is going to move us as a church as we're building the next floor of this church, spiritually speaking. It'll take two Sundays to do that, so I won't spend a long time on it, but it'll be enough. So I urge you to invite any family or friends that are out there, especially those who are hurting. If they're unsaved, you bring them here, and we're going to show to them how good our God is. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for what you've taught us today. Help us to model it first, build our relationship with our kids, and help them to know God's Word. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.